Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Road to Indy Insider Podcast. My name is Rob Howden. A special edition here. Normally, you guys tune in for my debrief podcast where I talk about a, a recent race, bring on one of the sports top journalists, and we kind of break things down, uh, looking at all the events that happened at that particular race. This one is something I'm going to start doing more of, more uh, single driver interviews, multi-driver interviews, and and maybe talking to some of the people within the the paddock and the industry as well. This is the Road to Indy Insider, so we'll expand past drivers and, and look at some more stuff for the remainder of 2019 and moving forward. This particular edition of the Insider Podcast, though, uh, all focused on the month of May. And in fact, let's just say focused really on Carb Day because... We're talking to the winners of the three Freedom Races. Getting a chance to sit down and talk with Oliver Askew, who, of course, uh, won the Freedom 100 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. A, a huge breakout day for the young American driver from Florida. Had a great chat with Oliver. Talked about uh, some of his past, uh, some of the the uh, some of the experience that he had at uh, the month of May throughout Indianapolis, and how it kind of affected him, and and how he's looking at forward. To, uh, to moving into the remainder of the season. Uh, from there, uh, I chatted with Daniel Frost, exclusive Autosport. Daniel actually in Montreal uh, during our conversation as he is prepping to run uh, the uh, Formula 1600 event as part of the Canadian Grand Prix, the F1 event at Montreal. Uh, just a tremendous race, of course, for F1, but the F1600 guys have been kind of a part of that race for a long time. And, and exclusive Autosport, uh, probably the premier team in F1600 racing north of the border. They've won the last number of championships, and and Daniel getting a chance to run alongside their new driver uh, drivers, uh, Olivier Bedard and Alex Truby. So I had a chance to talk to him while he was at the hotel, finished up his afternoon workout, and we had a really good talk about his win at the Lucas Oil Raceway. Of course, part of the Carb Night Classic, the Freedom 90 for Indy Pro 2000, and Daniel breaking through, getting his first victory, and we talk about his career a bit, talk about his short time really with the road to Indy, uh, only three races last year and now four races here, uh, no, three races actually to start off the 2019 season in, in Indy Pro. And I cap off this interview podcast here on the road to Indy Insider uh, with, with a guy we tuned in all the way from Toowoomba, Australia, Cameron Shield from Newman Walks Racing, like Daniel Frost, grabbing his first victory, winning the Freedom 75 for USF 2000 at Lucas Oil Raceway. And and Cameron had already flown back home, talked to him on Monday. Uh, he was uh, kind of getting himself settled in, but already focusing on flying back to Chicago to join the Newman Walks team before the events at Road America. Uh, had a great talk with Cameron Shields. Uh, again, a fantastic young driver, extremely well-spoken, and uh, a big breakout win for both, not, not just Cameron, but as I say, both for Newman Walks Racing as well. They've been in the program for a couple of years. Their first big win, uh, Brian Hallahan and the crew, his whole team, uh, John Hayes on the engineering staff, really putting things together and having a stellar weekend. Again, the team owners all very happy. Michael Andretti thrilled, of course, with uh, with what he's got with Oliver Askew. I know that uh, Michael Duncalf and Kimberly Duncalf from Exclusive Autosport really excited about the way their team's moving forward. A huge win for them as well after a couple of big years in both USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 after debuting just two years ago. And then, again, as I had said, Brian Hallahan and everyone at Newman Walks Racing, very pleased uh, with the win they were able to get with Cameron Shields and the development and you know, really clean racing thus far 
from their young 14-year-old driver, Nolan Siegel. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast, folks. It's uh, It was fun to put together uh, a little bit more production work than a straight run through a, a debrief. Uh, one of our breakdowns that I do with guys like uh, Steve Wittick and Joey Barnes and Krista Hardy. Uh, but this is a good one. I hope you enjoy it. Hopefully uh, you've got it tuned onto the phone, downloaded it to iTunes, whatever you may do. Maybe listening to it on the way to work, on the way home, on the way to a race would be perfect. Get the chance to know these young drivers on the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires because they are the future of the NTT IndyCar Series. These are the guys I'll be interviewing on pit lane and before driver, you know, before the race for driver intros with IndyCar Radio in just the next couple of years. These are the future stars of the IndyCar program. I appreciate you tuning in, and let's get started uh, with a driver I've been following through his entire karting career. It's been great to, to see his success. We'll kick things off with Oliver Askew from Andretti Autosport. Well, Oliver, I uh, do appreciate you joining us here on the Road to Indy Insider. Obviously, a, a pretty massive month for you in terms of uh, uh, your your progress as a driver, and maybe maybe more so your progress uh, in in the resume terms. Right, <laughs> you're able to get a Freedom One Hundred win. You put that on the resume. Uh, obviously, uh, you know a big day and carb day for you at Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. First of all, thanks for thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you, Rob. And um, yeah, unbelievable month. Um, I mean. Yeah, two podiums at the, at the GP, and then to win the freedom is like, is just it's still crazy to me. It's not really, I can't believe that that actually happened because it's, you know, as we we're chatting about earlier, it's such um you know such a gamble to, to be able to win that race and to be in the right position. And it was just all about being in the right place at the right time. So, um, very fortunate and, and thankful to uh, to be in that position at the end, and um, I'll be cherishing that day for a long time for sure. You know, you talk about it being uh, a bit of a chess match on where to be. You know, we had, we had did a, a a Facebook Live on the Indie Lights page uh, coming into that race and had your entire Andretti Autosport team. And Ryan Norman, I think, said it really best because obviously he'd run in it before and just saying that he didn't start fast enough, uh, you know, didn't start his attack really fast enough last year. Well, it's, it's just high-speed chess match. And, you know, I, my question to you is, do you feel like – now that you've won it once, do you feel like you have a, a good handle on what you do if you had to do it a second time? Or would it again be one of those things where you're just kind of feeding off everybody else? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I mean, as a, as a rookie, I was, I was trying to, I was just going into that race, um, you know, doing as much homework as I could. You know, we have at Andretti Autosport, we have tons of data and onboard video from years past um, from, you know, uh, winning cars, you know, Colton Herta and, uh, and, and, and Pato Award had a great duel last year. So, yeah, it was, it was all about, um, you know, understanding what was going to happen, um, going into that race, you know, that there was the weather on Friday was much warmer than both Monday and Thursday. So we expected to, you know, have more arrow wash, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan's, uh, you know, completely right. It's, it's a very difficult race to win. And, and to answer your question, if I were to go back, um, honestly, I didn't, I didn't think we were in the right, I, I didn't think we were going to win it with four or five to go. And like, as, as soon as those kind of I would say like negative thoughts started to come into my head, I just immediately blocked those out and, and just tried to move my way forward again. And, um, there was, there was some open gaps and some, some, um, some, uh, um, op- uh, options for me to, you know, draft other cars in front of me. And I ended up passing, uh, two, I was in fourth and passed two cars in the back straightaway coming to two to go. And that really just turned my race around. Um, and, you know, whenever cars run side by side around this track, when they're, when they're not nose to tail, they lose a ton of time. So 
I think that's what happened. I think it was the two June Coast cars that uh, that were running side by side, and I was able to pass those two just in one straightaway. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's all about being in the right place at the right time, and, and, and thankfully that happened for us. You know, like like has kind of been the case in the years past. You, you took the lead to start the final lap, and you're coming down the back back straightaway. You know, you're you're looking good. Um, of course, Ryan's right there. So maybe Ryan's more in the catbird seat, right? He's in second. He probably could have stuck with you, but I think he was worried about the cars behind you as well. At least that's what he told me on IndyCar radio. He felt like he had to make the move. And I'll be honest, and I want to get your thought on it. When he went by you coming in, you know, to the, on the back straight through three, it felt to me like he had a big enough gap. I, I said, I was on pit lane. I'm like, well, Ryan's going to win this. I think he's got, he's got enough of a gap. And then of course you were able to do what you did in turn number four, keeping it flat. Was there thoughts in your mind that potentially he was going to be able to outgun you uh, in the end based on the, g- the gap he had coming out of three. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's really easy to say, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And, and right. it's especially, you know, for Ryan finishing second, I would have been the same way, you know, immediately thinking, Oh man, I, I should have done, should have done this different, should have done that different. I've been in that same position many, many times. And um, yeah, I, with, uh, I was actually practicing that same sequence and in, in testing. I had my engineer, Doug Zister, give me like the two or three to go. And then I'd, I was, I was racing my teammates and we'd race to the, to the, 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 the checkered or the, or the, or the yard of bricks. Yep. Um, and, and it was, I was practicing that same sequence. So I was passing under the white flag, get past into three and then, and then get the run, make sure you're flat through four. And that's kind of, that's exactly what I did at the end of the race. Um, that's probably the, the first time, uh, a plan at the, at the end of the race has ever worked out for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, we did have uh, quite a big gap to third looking back at the, at the replay, um, on the last lap, I think it was Renus. Um, he got some arrow wash and one and wasn't able to, you know, he lost some momentum. So, I mean, you could say if Ryan stayed behind me, um, he, he could have got the run, uh, like I, like I had through, um, through four and then to the yard of bricks, but, um, in the end, it was just all about being flat in, in both two and 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 uh, turn four. So checking up in turn one and checking up in turn three was important. And um, looking back at the replay, it looks like it looked like I was I was a little bit too far back. Maybe I lifted too much in three. Um, but uh, you know, thankfully the draft is so huge around here that I was um, I was able to keep it flat in four and then and then get the run to the yard of bricks. Now let's, let's, I find this kind of interesting because, you know, I, obviously you look back through the resume of what you've done. You won a lot of races in karting, in your karting career. You know, obviously you're one of the models that a lot of young drivers look at saying this, I, I want to do this. I want to run these races. I love the fact that you've done it a little later in life. You know, I'm not a huge fan of, of people coming out of karting in, from junior karting into cars. I think they needed more seasoning in, in senior karting. You are, of course, of course, perfect example, Kyle Kirkwood. Um the, the thing I want to kind of bring up is, is in in this short car career you've had, you know, really two and a half years, right? You, you were able to win the scholarship um, at the end of 2016. You run USF 2000 in 2017. You win seven races. You end up winning the championship. You move to Indy Pro 2000 in 2018. You finish third in points. You end up finally winning by the end of the year in Portland. Now you're running here in Indy Lights. This fast forward part of your career, but what I want to bring up is there's been these unbelievable moments where you've, I think, got out of the car with just that disbelief. Number one, you get selected to win the $200,000 scholarship shootout, you know, the Road Indy USF 2000 shootout in Phoenix. You know, we all saw that live on, on Facebook Live with, with Road Indy TV, and you had that you know, look on your face like, oh, my God. You get out of the car after winning the USF 2000 championship of 2017, and then 
you're in victory lane at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And again, it just seems it's been kind of a meteoric rise for you. But tell us a little bit about the emotion when you first got out of the car, because it really it, it, it was almost disbelief. You were just looking at everybody saying, I can't believe it just happened. Yeah, and I, re- I really couldn't. I mean, there's like you said, there's been there's been so many crazy, uh, you know, um, 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 like uh, breaks in, in my career that I just, I, you know, they, they're so hard to come by. And, you know, winning, winning that scholarship was, was, was the same. I, I would not be in this position now if I didn't win that shootout in 2017, I wouldn't have raced the next year period. Yeah. You know, that's $200,000 that I didn't have at the moment. And um, yeah, it's just, it's all these crazy moments that have, you know, compiled and, and, and have kind of snowballed into, you know, what, what we're doing today. And um, you know, that's, you know, I, I take you back to uh, that, that moment, you know, looking back at that, looking up the look at the uh, podium and uh, yeah. you know remembering um you know when i was there in 2010 on a tour with my my karting team ocala grand prix and then like looking back at all of these events that have happened you know to get me to this point now it's just um you know it just flooded my memory uh, when i when i won that race and uh, at ims the freedom 100 so yeah, that was obviously during our interview for IndyCar Radio. And the, the crazy thing was, you know, you obviously, David Cole of me, Cardin, who's actually forwarded me that picture that was taken of you with George Arellano, who owns uh, Ocala Grand Prix. And, and yeah, he I was wondering that, how you found that so fast. It, it, David Cole's got it, man. He's, he's got the archive. He pulled that up quickly. But you looked at the list, the people that were there, right? You know, Santino Ferrucci, the Fittipaldi's, AJ Myers, Ashiro Harrow, all in that kind of group of people there that were on this tour. But uh, again, that was 2010. You're at a race out in Newcastle. You end up coming to the Speedway. And to think that nine years later, you and I are talking, what, uh, 20 or 30, or maybe 20 yards away from that podium, up on the podium, and you're down looking up at that podium, and you've just won the freedom. I, obviously, the emotion was raw at that point. But, man, can you now look back and is there just – what is the feeling? Is it just – is it gratitude? Yeah, I, I think so. It's just, you know, thankfulness and – um realizing that this opportunity rarely ever comes by, um, you know, through with, with anybody trying to, you know, make it in, in the world of, uh, you know, North American auto, auto racing, um, you know, picking up that, that sponsorship, um, with Ocala Grand Prix in, in 2011, I think it was, you know, carding, you know, sponsors don't, it doesn't really happen very often. Um, and, and, you know, looking back at that, there's, you know, that moment that, that really kickstarted my career. And then, you know, going over to Europe with, um, KMS and Borelli RT and, um, it's, 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 de- it's definitely gratitude. That's, that's a, that's a great, uh, a word to describe it. Um, and just, just really thankful to be in the position where we are now. And, and just, um, I always try to take advantage of every opportunity that I have because you never know if that's going to come by again, you know? Uh, most definitely. Now let's, let's start looking forward here. Well, I'll start by looking backwards, but then I'll look forward. You look at your whole Road to Indy career, 11 wins, right? You got seven from the first year. You were able to get the one last year. Already three wins to your credit here in Indy Lights, having swept the weekend at the Circuit of the Americas. You take the point lead heading to Road America with the victory in the Freedom. Are you feeling differently potentially about how this season could play out than maybe you were before you started in St. Petersburg back in March? No, I I think naturally – I don't get too emotional on, on, you know, how the, the season or, or, an, or any kind of expectations, um, haven't really flooded my brain. Um, you know, I, 
St. Pete, you know, it was, was a tough weekend for us, but I knew uh, we would rebound quickly and, and we did in Coda. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still, my mindset hasn't changed since, since our USF 2000 championship or the beginning of that championship. It's just, it's all about, you know, taking each weekend one at a time and, 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 and getting the points. It all comes down to points. And if you're not in the position, um, you know, to, to win the race, you're not, you, you can't push it and, 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 um, and you take yourself out of contention. Um, you know, podiums, podiums pay, um, you know, wins, wins pay a little more. Um, and the, with the small field and Indy lights right now, it, it's not, it's not so bad to, you know, DNF, but, you know, in the end, um, in the, at the end of the season, that all adds up. And, you know, we've, we've seen in the past where, um, championships come down to one or two points. Um, in 2017, it was between Renus and I, and it was, you know, whoever, basically whoever beat who in the end. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough season. Um, and like, like I said, uh, winning and, and, and podiums are going to be extremely important and I'm just taking it one weekend at a time at this point. I'm going to segue off of that because you brought up Arena's VK. And I think uh, it's interesting because guys like myself on the PA and, and guys in the media, you know, we, we look to try to fuel and, and put a spotlight on rivalries. Well, I'm not sure. I'll ask you, do you guys have any kind of a rivalry? Because the bottom line is you've kind of come up through the ranks together. You won USF 2000 and 2017, back and forth battle. He was able to get the championship last year in 2018 in Indy Pro 2000. Now you're going at it again here in Indy Lights. Do you guys have a, a friendly rivalry or is it, or, you know, is that something that is actual real or are we, are we just fueling something that maybe, maybe it's not there? No, there's, there's definitely a friendly rivalry. I think that's the yeah. best way to put it. Um, it's it's the American versus the Dutchman at, at yeah, this right. point, and uh, yeah. you know people people don't know. I actually began racing against Renus. Um, you know, he is two or three years younger than me, but we still yeah. have the same you know racing. It's just it's all about experience, really, and we have we have uh, basically identical experience levels because um, we we've we've each you know raced USF two thousand as rookies, Pro Mazda as rookies, or Indy Pro as rookies, and now Indy Lights as rookies, and and we people not many people know that we began racing each other in 2013 or 14 in carts yeah and every year since then you know when, when <laughs> i when i went to europe when i was his when i was in his backyard um you know we, we raced together in, in the bnl championship and the rotex euro championship and um yeah it's just it's funny we <laughs> we just we kind of follow the same same path um so Maybe it we'll... really is. A, it really is. I I think it's a cool rivalry only because you guys have been running together so long. You've kind of worked your way up, and you know one of you guys has been up, and one of you guys hasn't been quite there. Back and forth, and uh, and again, you're in the middle of a, a great battle here right now. There's obviously other players in the fight as well, but you know you and Renus have have a pretty good uh, a good fight, and I'm sure that motivates you every weekend too. You want to beat your teammates, but you want you want to make sure you beat uh, Renus as well. Yeah, it does. It does, and. Um... Yeah, bringing up my, my teammates, um, I'm, I'm very thankful to have them. The past for the past couple of years, I haven't had a, a you know a competitive teammate along my side, um, and so I'm, I'm very thankful to to have both Robert McGinnis and Ryan Norman. Um, Jared Andretti was with us as well. Um, can't leave him out. He was with us uh, for the Freedom 100 as a, a one off one off race. So um, those guys are are extremely quick, and it's nice to um, you know uh, compare data and 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 kind of we we have a very good relationship in the engineering room and, and, and with each other as teammates and we always try to one up each other. And it's, I think it's very healthy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's, it's, it's great in Indy lights right now because there's, it's, it, it is a small field, you know, you know, there's 10 or so cars, but you know, there's, there's five cars on any 
any given five or six cars in any given weekend that can that can win the race or, or challenge mm-hmm. for the race. So um, I think it's been some of the best racing in the road to Indy um, so far this year. Going back uh, quickly, let's let's. I want to talk about Cape Motorsports a little bit. Now, obviously, you kind of made your debut with them after winning the championship or winning the uh, the scholarship of two hundred thousand uh, dollars. You end up being able to run with Nicholas and Dominic Cape in your first year in the road to Indy. Can you talk a little bit about how you as a driver maybe were shaped or what direction you were kind of pointed in working with them? Because they're obviously they're uh, they're fiercely competitive guys. They've won a ton of championships. And you obviously were able to win another one for them as well. They, I think, obviously moved you quickly up the steep learning curve. Yeah, and I think I really understood how well they prepared me because, you know, when I first tested with Andretti Autosport, the system was was completely the same, and I didn't feel like it was my first time in that environment. And uh, they've, um, you know, they've shaped me, definitely shaped me into the driver I am today. And we can't leave out uh, Jonathan George as well, who spent the – uh, 2017 season and 2018 season um, with me and Cape Motorsports um, as as a driver coach, and you know we also have um, Dominic Cape who who is, is uh, has has an ex- extremely good understanding for um, you know the, the right driving style for the car and, and how um, you know how to communicate with with us drivers. So yeah, I'm extremely thankful to to have had the opportunity to race with them in, in USF 2000 and Pro Mazda. Um, you know such a such a successful race team in those, in those two categories. And I definitely learned a lot there and um, I have some, some very good memories with those guys. Before we jump into a couple of Twitter questions that I got, um, let's talk about looking forward now. Um, you know, we're uh, what, a couple of weeks away from road America from there. Uh, we go to the streets of Toronto, uh, then on to obviously on to mid Ohio. Uh, you, you've won before at mid Ohio what are your thoughts on, on, on Road America right now? Do you feel like this victory, even though it's on a very di- different discipline, do you feel, feel like this victory has provided you with some more m- momentum going into, into Elkhart? Yeah, I think so. It's it's nice to uh, – it doesn't mean much that we have the championship lead, but it's nice to say that, that we're the championship leaders going into uh, going into that race. Um, I have never won at Road America before. We've been very close. We've had a poll there. Um, so, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking to uh, – Looking to you know get a get a couple. I'd be happy with a couple podiums there. Um, you know, obviously our goal is to win on, on every on every race weekend, but it's all about points at this at this stage. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's a track that I love. It's a track that I think Andretti Autosport has. Um, you know, where, where do they not have bad cars? Or, or that's right. Yeah, sorry. Where, where do they not have good cars? I mean, good cars. Yeah. So exactly. um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going there. It's uh, it's a shame we we only have um, one test session before before qualifying as, as far as I know. Um, but, um, you know, I'm sure we're, we're going to be able to hit the ground running. Um, we, we also have a test, um, and Sebring testing for Toronto. Um, as it's like, that's a good, you know, street course track to, to go yeah. to. That's, um, that'll be before road America on the 10th. Um, so that's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, ready, ready to get back in the car, ready to get uh, back road course racing for sure. Sounds good. All right, let's go. I got a couple of questions here from Twitter. At uh, Josette Torres asked this question. This is I like this. What's the most surprising thing you experienced during the month of May? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Other than winning the Freedom 100. Most surprising thing is, uh, is being recognized more by uh, fans in, in, in the Indianapolis area. Um, yeah especially after winning the, the freedom 100 that that's you know, that whole town comes alive and it's, it's really cool to, to be a part of that. And, um, you know, I've, I've 
I, I took, it's pretty cool to, you know, take a, take a bunch of pictures with, with, with pure racing fans um, from that area and, uh, and, and to meet, um, meet and build relationships with people there too. It's, it's, uh, that was, that was probably the most surprising thing, you know, actually being noticed by, by, uh, by, by the people there. How about, how about getting introduced at the, uh, the driver's meeting? Uh, yeah, I, 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 felt, I actually, I got choked up watching that. When, I, when they did I that felt program. so out of my element, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really cool though. Like I, I was I was the only one sitting there in that area and in the yep. in the chairs right next to that that stage. And um, you know, all of the you had the best drivers in the world, um, all the best IndyCar drivers um, sit, sitting there in that grandstand and and th- like packed packed grandstands um, full of fans as well. I, I, I don't know how many people were there, and they and they like announced my name, and I'm like, like what, like how why am I here and, and what did I do to deserve this? You know? So it was really cool. All right. I got another one here. Uh, this is actually from a journalist that we all know of. It's uh Krista Hardy, uh, at C the Hardy. He says, what's the, <laughs> I love this. What's the dumbest thing you've done the night before a race? I'm talking late night Xbox live matches against each other or a movie marathon oh. or some stunt that could have gone wrong dumbest the night thing. before a race. What have you, what's the dumbest thing you've done? <laughs> So it's, um, I, I can't think of anything recently, but I remember back, uh, it's probably about four or five years ago. Now we, we had, um, we had bicycles in the hotel for some reason, and we were racing them down the hallway. That sounds like a bad idea. That was, uh, that was, it was Kyle and I, Kyle Kirkwood and I, the, of the OGP guys, of course it was Kyle and I, yeah. but, um, yeah, I remember <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind right now. But I mean, nowadays it's, uh, it's all about getting to bed early. So <laughs> Well, that's that's the party line, at least. Right? Yeah. That's what you know. Somebody from Android is going to listen to this. If Michael tunes in, you know, he, he's going to make sure you're in bed on time, right? Yeah. No, I'm I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm very strict with with my schedules, especially a couple of weeks before a before a race event. Well, you know, let's let's add that. So we'll, let's cap off with this because that's one of the things I hear from a lot of people that move up from uh, Indy Lights to IndyCar. Uh, and talking to Colton Herta, Pato Award, uh, one of the things was, man, these cars are a handful to drive. And I thought my fitness was good for Indy lights, but I needed to be at another level in terms of fitness. And I know that you work at it with Jim Leo at pit fit. Um, is, is, is that something that you've really taken maybe more seriously now with the potential for you to move forward? Of course I, I I'm in the mindset now, um, fitness wise that I need to be ready to drive an Indy car tomorrow. And, and I know I'm not, you know, because I've, I've seen the data from, for Jim Leo and, and, and pit fit and, and, and I still have some some room to improve compared to those IndyCar drivers, and that's probably the coolest thing. Oh, that's that's the main reason why I I train there with Jim Leo at Pit Fit um, in, Indian, in Indianapolis is because I'm able to compare my level to the top IndyCar guys, yeah. you know, like like Scott Dixon, Spencer Piggott, Tony Kanon, yep. you know, some of the fittest Alexander Rossi, Hinchcliffe, you know those they're the the fittest IndyCar drivers in the field. Um, so it's, uh, I, I want to be able to compete with those guys one day. So that's why I go there. Let's cap off with this final question. And it's, I think it, because another part of the sport that I think it becomes more important when, you know, in, in, in talking to all the Carters that have moved to IndyCar, Oliver, that we've known, it's again, a conversation I've had many times. So much about being an IndyCar driver, it, it's not about racing. It's not about the driving. It's about what you do outside the car. And I know you understand that because you haven't had the funding you've needed. You've had to work your tail off along with your family to find funding. You've got some pretty good partners, Index Invest being one of them. Let's talk a little bit. We'll cap off this interview uh, about the, the partners you've been able to surround yourself with. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, for those of you who, who don't know, um, Index Invest is a, a real estate investment company um, um, uh, that started in, in Stockholm, Sweden, um, and, and are now based here in, in my hometown of Jupiter, Florida. Um, good friends of ours, and, and um, we've, we've developed a great uh, friendship and partnership with them. Um, so it's uh, some of my Swedish ties as well, as my mom is, is from Sweden. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very, very thankful to have them on board. And also um, Bob Stellrecht and, and the Stellrecht uh, company, a construction company out of Orange County, California. Um, he is, uh, is the owner of the, of, the, of the car that I'm racing this year. Um, Bob is, is a fantastic guy and, and I'm very happy to, to uh, have him on board. Um, so, and also uh, Wavelength Images, um, a, a partner of uh, Index Invest as well. They're, they're a videography company. Um, they do um, all kinds of uh, you know different media stuff. They, they're working on a new website for me. Um, so if, if you if you're in the area, Jupiter, you know South Florida area, um, and you need something like that, you know wavelength images is uh, they're they're top notch, uh, very professional guys, and um, also Bell Helmets and Sparkle USA um, have have helped me with with products this year as well. Yeah, I think Chris Wheeler was pretty happy with that Freedom 100 win. Yes. <laughs> Chris, Chris and I are very good friends. We, uh, we, we go way back. Um, he was a mechanic at Ocala Grand Prix, uh, around 2012, 2013. Yeah. So extremely good friend of mine. And, and he knows what I've put into this and what my family has put into this. So I think that, um, maybe, maybe he showed a little more emotion than I did. I don't know. <laughs> no, you listen, you, you showed enough emotion, but I'll say this right now that the, the partners you have on board, you certainly did them proud. You put that, their logos, their names up front, uh, and, you know, internationally with a, a win in, in the event, which I think most people say is one of the coolest, one of the most exciting motorsports events of all anytime in a year, because the freedom mm-hmm. 100 is always fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oliver, thank uh, you so much, but I appreciate it. Sorry, I, I can't forget uh, Bomberito oh. Auto Group as well. Um, they've they've provided me with with a car to drive around Indianapolis. So, nice. very uh, John Bomberito is a good friend of mine, and, and he's he's done a good job at putting on the the St. Louis uh, Gateway race that we're going to go to here in a couple months. Yep. So, um, yeah, shout out shout out to John Bomberito and Bomberito Auto Group for for the uh, the Mazda 2019 Mazda three that I'm driving. Hooked you up with a ride. Well, I'll tell yeah. you, uh, Oliver, one of the guys we love seeing, obviously, they come to a lot of races, John and his, and his group. And I always see them on pit lane and give a handshake, a big hug. And uh, it's so cool to have someone that passionate about IndyCar racing and the road to Indy, it, mm-hmm. obviously for the Gateway event. But they just come to all the other races. And again, a perfect example of how they're kind of supporting you as well. Yeah, exactly. They, they do a fantastic job at promoting their event. And um, it, was, it was cool to have them in victory lane as well. Dude, thank you for joining me on The Insider. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Thanks for having me, and and thanks to all the listeners. Oliver Askew, 22 years of age, the new point leader in the Indy Lights program coming off that win in the Freedom 100. So now that we've wrapped up with the winner of the Freedom 100, Oliver Askew, let's move now to the one step down in the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires to Indy Pro 2000. And those events, of course, took place out at Lucas Oil Raceway uh, just a couple hours, actually, after the Freedom 100, part of the Carb Night Classic. And the winner of the Freedom uh, Freedom 90 is actually joining me here today, and that is uh, Daniel Frost from Exclusive Autosports, the 17-year-old from Singapore. Daniel, first off, thank you so much for uh, for joining me here on the podcast. And second, 
what did it feel like to grab that first big victory? Thank you, Rob. Yeah, um, it was a ex- amazing feeling, you know, coming coming from from where we started in USF two thousand, and now making up our, our way and and winning the the race in Lucas Oil, which which was a big big thing for us. And you know, with with the team exclusive, we're we just we're just going up in in the in the the ranks because it's it's a new team and we're both working together and making the car as fast as possible. And now we've we've proved that the car is good and and myself and now we're up there winning and it's a great 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 feeling. Well, you know the interesting thing I th- I think that I, I want all the listeners to know that it's you know there's a lot of drivers in the Indy Pro 2000 category who have a, you know maybe one two or three years experience in uh, in USF 2000. You, on the other hand, now that you've completed the Lucas Oil uh, Raceway event, you only have six weekends that you've done uh, in the road to Indy. You you ran last year as a rookie with Exclusive Autosport. You did three weekends in USF 2000. Kind of got your feet wet at, at Road America. A couple of strong top tens, including a fourth in Toronto. And then you do three straight top tens at the triple header at Mid-Ohio. You know, myself, I was like, Daniel's going to come back in USF 2000. He's going to be a championship contender for sure with exclusive. Then we find out, nope, you're going to Indy Pro 2000, and you have not yet finished outside the top five, which is I think is absolutely amazing. A fourth and a third at St. Petersburg, a couple of podiums in third at the Indy uh, Grand Prix, the road course at Indianapolis, and then you go win your first oval race. It's your first road to Indy victory. Do, do you kind of look back and say, man, I really haven't been at this too long, but some good success here this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been not it's not been a long time for us and you know, we're we're really just getting getting up there and with the with the big boys, you know, and the car is yeah. getting getting up there and my car is and my driving, you know, it's it's all still being perfected to to the maximum and you know, I'm I'm just I'm still really happy over that win in 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 the oval because I've never actually won and that was my first race, and you know it's just a, a an amazing feeling and winning winning especially here in in, Road America, in, in America. Sorry, it's a it's a big big thing because you know we've we've not won it yet, and yeah, I think it's it's brought up a lot of attention, and especially the Freedom Ninety because that's one of the biggest race of our, one of the biggest races of the year for us. So agreed. Yeah, it's it's huge. Well, you know what? Before we talk more about the race, and let we'll do that. We'll talk about your transition from USF 2000 to Indy Pro 2000. Sure. How about you give myself and some of the listeners uh, a little a little background? You know, I, I'm assuming you started in karting, but give us t- talk us through where you started, what you raced car wise before you came to the, to America to run to, with the road to Indy. Yeah, I started in karts in Singapore, and we did a uh, two years in that before we started moving up and. Actually, that two years we won two titles, and yeah, we uh, right after that we decided we should move up and see where it bring us, and we moved on to F four SEA, and we did a couple of F four races, MRF, uh, Formula Masters, and then yeah, now we we're here in Road in, in America. Sorry, you've got Road America on the brain. I like that. That's the next race. That's the next race for you. So I'll give you a pass. <laughs> I know, right? That's the next road dandy race for you. Now, so you, you did some, you did the MRF challenge, as you said. You did some F four Formula yep. Masters, excellent programs that a number of the drivers from Road to Indy have raced before as well to get extra seat time. Then you move into USF two thousand last year, and of course, it's, it's a jump 
into the deep end of the pool, right? You come over to America for the first time to race here. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like with exclusive autosport doing those races in the middle of the summer? Yeah, you know, before we came here, I actually took a long, a long, long break. I had a six months off because of exams and I just needed to focus on school. So it was a while before we before we got everything settled and you know, we wanted to start start off fresh right after my exams and and look for the best path to 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 the top. And that was Road to Indy. And, you know, we decided that okay, we're gonna do a couple of weekends here in USF because it was close to the end of the season and we just wanted to get back in the rhythm. And yeah, we when as soon as we came in, the the competition here was absolutely intense and you know it's it's so difficult to to catch up with what you missed you know like once every driver has this this imagine a bar graph and each driver is always going upwards because you're learning every race weekend and for me if i when i stopped it was going up and then it it kind of plateaued because no racing off no racing obviously and then coming back here it's going back up again so but within that time frame i've probably lost a lot of rate of a lot of experience so it's just the matter of catching up right now and yeah the team exclusive autosport has been doing an amazing job they've been how they've been helping me push my car push myself and you know they've done an excellent job well it, and it's interesting uh, in that you st- obviously you stayed with exclusive autosport stayed with the team and that gave you some you know some continuity because if you look at your results over the last five events that you've done with them, you have not finished outside the top nine. Two ninth place finishes at Mid-Ohio. And then, of course, this year, you came out of the box at, at, at St. Petersburg and I think put your name into the hat as a potential championship challenger with a fourth in the opening race and then three straight third positions in St. Pete and, and the road course. Now, let, let me ask you this. The transition from USF 2000, you only had those three weekends, which was essentially seven races because of, of the triple header at Mid-Ohio in that USF 17, then you jump to the PM 18, a lot more horsepower, more brakes, more downforce. Tell me about that transition a bit. How was that moving from one car to the other? To me, from moving from the USF car to the Pro Mazda, or Indy Pro right now, yep. it's it's a big jump. But we've we've done a lot of, um, we've, we've driven a lot of cars before this that were a lot quicker and, and they were, and just for example, we were doing FIA F3 in Japan and, you know, just some, just to name some of the, of them out there. So it, it was kind of um, a downgrade going to back to USF, but then it was more of my, my driving style as soon as we moved up to the Indy Pro. So it wasn't as bad as, as it would be, but yeah, it's, it's still, a, it's still a difficult car to, to get used to because the tire, tire width are way bigger. The engine power is... Mm-hmm. Wow, 50, 50 kilometers, well, 30 miles quicker. And, you know, it's, it's just a big difference. But, yeah, we've done a lot of testing during the off-season. So definitely the car is – definitely we've we've improved overall a lot better. Well, hey, I, I love this fact. You, you talk about the fact that you, you did these, some FIA F3 in Japan. Then you moved, obviously, down in horsepower, down in downforce to USF 2000. Good success there once you got comfortable in the car. Then you move back up to a higher horsepower car with more downforce, and I know we're, we'll talk very briefly in a couple of seconds about the fact that you're going to, you know, you're looking forward to Road America at the end of the month. Yep. But now here you are with Exclusive Autosport. Last weekend you ran at Calabogie in the F1600 series in, in <laughs> Ontario, and you're going to run 
you're going to run this weekend at the Formula One race in Montreal yeah, in F1600. That's another step down. Now, great, great fun racing side by side. But, man, you really challenge yourself going back and forth. Yeah, you know, we we just, you know, well, it's it's part of it. It's just for me to to help out Michael. And we, we're just, we've never actually tried the 1600. So I was just a fun thing to try out. And, and last weekend at Color Bogie, it, it really like described how, how difficult the car is actually to drive because I've I've never actually driven a H gear. So now it's it's helped me prepare a lot more. And, and yeah, maybe maybe we can aim for a, a win at, at the F1 this weekend. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing, Daniel. You, you go try F1600 at the what the track. <laughs> doesn't Cal Bogey have like 25 turns or something like that? It it's unbelievable. 25 right? corners, yeah. <laughs> so not an easy place for you to learn that car, that's no, for sure. It wasn't. I was struggling a lot, but, you know... <laughs> We, we 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 managed to get the car going and and here and there but we still have a lot to improve now have you have you done any kind of simulator or you know i racing or whatever it may be from for montreal to, to learn the racetrack a bit the, the problem is i have not actually gone home yet so okay <laughs> so since um well where was it since Indianapolis, which was maybe three weeks ago, I've I've actually not not been home, so I've actually had none of none none of uh, my testing or sim driving. So it's it's just kind of like rocking up there and seeing how I do, <laughs> kind of I thing. I like it. I like it. I think it'll test you. I like that a lot. All right. So you've got that race this weekend. Of course, anybody listening to the podcast is going to be following you. What you do for sure this weekend. Now we look forward to Road America. Um, you know, obviously the cool thing is the the first three races of the year here in Indy Pro, unlike some of your competition, like Rasmus Lind or Stingray Rob or Kyle Kirkwood or whoever, um, those are racetracks you've never been on. You'd never raced St. Petersburg. Now we now we go into the middle of the, the season to racetracks you've been to before. Road America, Toronto, Mid-Ohio. You sit second spot in points right now. You're back by just nine markers uh, from Rasmus. Man, you got to feel pretty good going into Road America. Yeah, especially coming from that win last week. Uh, yeah, I'm just super stoked. We we tested a bunch there just to make sure that we're on on the ball. And yeah, the car we well when we were testing there, the the car was amazing. Like I I cannot describe to you. Well, you have to see when you when you're there. It's just an amazing. Oh, I, I can't explain. It's the. <laughs> The car is ready. I'm just telling you, we're we're ready to to pounce on when we get there. That's awesome. Now, okay, let's let's go back and wrap up this interview here. Let's chat a bit about the win because obviously one of the big things about going to an oval is you know you hadn't run there there before. It's daunting, right? It's a bit different. You're dry, you're up against the wall. The car's designed to turn left. It's just a really different discipline. When you guys rolled the car out to, for your first test session there, when they had the official test, what were your thoughts driving the PM18 at, at Lucas Oil Raceway? well we're very close to the walls definitely well yes you are and, and when we were going around it's it's not really like a place where you can set your eyes to to look at a, a spot so you're kind of just waiting and ho- hoping that your your car is going to stick until you get out the corner and and then that's when you can really get on the gas and and go to the next corner and do the exact same thing but the concentration there is as well is it's really tough i think it's one of the hardest well one of the hardest places to to keep your focus and you can see like in in the Indy 500 like Carl Kaiser or whatever they they make one small mistake and they're off and mm-hmm. you know the concentration there it's it's immense 
So I think it's it's a big respect to the drivers doing ovals, you know, because that's from the outside doesn't look that hard, but from the inside, oh man, it, it's a <laughs> tough think, one. <laughs> yeah, no truer words have been spoken. That's that's perfect. And again, I think you earned a lot of respect within the paddock the way you were able to handle handle yourself there as well, Daniel. So congratulations to you on that on that victory. Um, two more questions. Lastly, let's or before we go to the final one, first and foremost. Once you won that race, you rolled under the checkered flag. Just describe to me the emotions of getting that first win. You know, three, four laps before, I was starting to think about, oh, my God, I'm going to win my first race. But then I was like, got to keep my my eye on the game and make sure that I don't don't make any mistakes and make sure that that I don't, I don't put in a wall, obviously, because we're still driving, what, 120, 30 miles an hour through the corners and anything could go wrong. So I had... No emotions going on through the last few laps. And then as soon as I crossed the line, everything just flushed in and telling me, wow, you won your first race. And I was just overstatic. And even like when, when we, when you interviewed me, I, I was still speechless and yep. you know, it's still, it's still growing on me that, that win, which is a big thing for me. I love it. Well, again, you're coming into the kind of the meat of the order for you. Some really great races tracks you've been to before, as I said, road America, Toronto and mid Ohio up next on the docket. Uh, you know what? Let me give you an opportunity. Are there some sponsors and some people that you'd like to mention right now as we cap off this interview? Yeah, of course. Um, I would. I definitely would love to to thank my my parents, my my mom and my dad. That's that's been there for me from the start. I don't think I wouldn't would have gone there gone anywhere near without their help. And you know, my sponsor Danjet, which which has been with me from the start, and my family and fans that are just there to to support. And I'm very thankful for that. Well, Daniel, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, folks, another one of the names you got to watch for here on the road to Indy, just a couple steps away from the NTT IndyCar Series, the driver for exclusive autosports, Daniel Frost, the winner of the Freedom 90 at Lucas Oil Raceway on Carb Night. And he ends up going to Road America in just a couple of weeks, sitting second in points. And now to cap off this podcast where we get a chance to talk to all the winners uh, from our month of May in Indianapolis, we move to the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship and the Freedom 75 and what ended up being a breakout victory uh, for a young driver from Australia named Cameron Shields. Cameron, thank you so much for joining us here on the Insider Podcast. Uh, You and I talking. I'm in Canada. You're back home in Toowoomba, Australia. Yeah, it's quite a difference away. That's for sure. It's... um been a, a long couple of weeks in the US. So I got to travel around a lot and, and do some racing. So it was uh, certainly a lot of fun, but it's good to be back home for about a week at the moment and catch up with some, some family and some friends. So uh, not long and I'll be back over there again, ready for Road America. Exactly. You and your Newman Walks racing team will be reunited again as the series gets back going at the end of June at Road America, as you had mentioned. Let's, uh, let's take this opportunity right now to talk about the big victory, because obviously, you know, you come over uh, to be part of the action. You end up hooking up with Newman Walks Racing. It's a big, you know, jump into the deep end of the pool at St. Petersburg. It's always a tough place for the first race for any young driver. Uh, then you run the road course at Indianapolis and had some, you had some good pace at both events, a little bit of bad luck, but there was, it's like everything cleared away for the oval race at Lucas oil raceway, uh, the freedom of 75, you guys unloaded fast 
you know, you got better and better throughout the, the, the practice sessions, qualified second, and then a big win. Let's just first and foremost talk about the emotions of being able to get that first victory. I mean, it was certainly uh, very emotional for myself and for the team as well. I mean, the, the team, they've been at it for a, a number of years now uh, themselves, and I know I've seen the amount of work they've put in. And uh, for them to all come away with the victory, it was certainly um, a very big night for all of us. And, and for myself too, like uh, at the beginning of the year, it was only a matter of weeks before spring training at Homestead. I was um, very uncertain that I'd even be on the grid this year. So I was very fortunate that uh, Brian Hallahan and, and all the crew from Newman Wax Racing took the chance and, uh, and and signed me up for this season. So I was, um, yeah, very fortunate to get that drive. And, and there's been a, a lot of work to to get on this on the grid for the opening rounds this year and uh to to win have my first win in the road to indie series and uh and to win on my oval debut it was um yeah quite an emotional evening for myself and the crew as well let's talk about you and and wh- when did you think you had a chance at it obviously you know you're coming in there's lots of rookies in the program but there's a couple of guys from last year and you're looking at this oval race saying wow it's not really something i've i've, I've done before once you, I know you guys did some testing. You had the Oval Clinic as well, where you got a chance to talk to Tony Canon among other people, to get some information. When in when in that testing slash practice did you think, hey, you know what? I think I think we got a chance to win this thing potentially, or, or at least have a good result. Well, I mean, uh, throughout the season so far, I've I've always had a a, a thought in my mind that the Oval is probably one of our best chances uh, to get a race win this year, and. And my reason behind that was uh, we haven't had many opportunities to test or, or practice as a team. And I, and I mean, with Newman Walks Racing, every individual is is one of the best, if not the best in the paddock. We just haven't had the opportunity to work together and, and develop the car, I guess. So I knew coming into the Oval, we were going to be getting the, the practice day on the Monday beforehand. We'll get in the practice on the race weekend as well and and you could see that straight away at the the first practice on that monday we we, we certainly weren't the quickest i think we, we left the day around 13th to 15th place so we had a lot of work to do but we get gathered a lot of data over that day and and throughout the week we uh, sat down and made a lot of changes to the car and as soon as we came back on on the following week on the friday the practice before the race we were p1 straight away and and uh and still still made a lot of changes in qualifying uh we're really happy to get second in qualifying actually um i mean to be fastest would have been awesome and i think on on my behalf as well uh especially my first lap it, it wasn't the best but um yeah second was ideal for me i i wanted to start on the outside anyways so i was uh, very happy with that and yeah i mean as soon as we were quickest in practice that morning, I knew I knew I had a really good chance. We we had a good car. I felt very confident running around. It's a, it's quite a tricky track because the, uh, the the fastest line is next to the wall the whole way. So one little mistake and um, your, your night's finished. So uh, it it was good that I could feel comfortable and and let the car move around a little bit. Um, and and yeah, I kn- I knew before the race started, I was just running every scenario through my head and. And everything it came down to was I had to come out of turn two in, in the lead. It's such a difficult p- track to pass on. And so I just uh, put all of my focus on that. And uh, we executed we executed our plan. 
And from there on forward, I just had to keep my eyes forward, don't look back, and try and increase the margin the second place. You kept doing that, of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. You kept doing that as well over every uh, restart because we did have a couple of incidents that slowed the, you know, slowed the action, brought up the yellow flag. So a couple of restarts, again, brand new for you, doing a restart on the oval. You got really good jumps, but it appeared to me like you, you, you weren't like really attacking turn three as much on the first lap. They kind of were able to close back up at you, and then that next lap you're back in the groove. Did you maybe take a little, maybe a little more tentative into turn three on those restarts? Yeah, I think I um, I seem to be driving a little bit different to a lot of the other competitors in the in in the race, and I found yeah, it got pretty close on on some of those restarts, and uh, yeah, like. In, in the first stint, we had about 40 laps green, I think, and I managed to pull a comfortable lead, but we're starting to come through the back of the field, and I, I thought, well, if there's going to be a crash, it's going to be now. So I tried to extend that lead and get by as many uh, lap cars as I could. So I had I had a buffer if there was a restart, and fortunately on the first one, I did have a car in between myself and second place, so that made the opening laps a little bit easier, and I could drive away again but on the second restart there was no one so Colin was right behind me and I knew he was quick straight out of the box so he, he showed that in qualifying he had a, a really good speed over a couple of laps so uh, I knew he was going to be close and he certainly was I think it must have been on the second lap after the second restart he got inside me a little bit but I managed to stay on the outside and hold the lead so it got got very close and uh but yeah we um kept kept our eyes forward and stuck to the plan and and we executed it you did you did it was a huge win for you now a breakout victory of course you're at the very first rung of this road to indy presented by cooper tires so you're new uh i want to take this podcast and have the opportunity to kind of let you kind of give people some of your origin story you know we we know you're from toowoomba Australia, the same hometown as Will Power. We'll talk a little bit later on in the interview here about how you went to Washington, D.C. to the Australian consulate with Will when they celebrated his win at the Indy 500. A great opportunity for you. But give, give us a little, all uh, my listeners, give a little bit of a background of Cameron Shields. You know, I know you started as a kid in, in motocross. You jumped into karting. A lot of Formula Ford racing as well. Tell me a little bit about your, you know, your development. You're only 18 years old, so it's not going to be that long, but... Um, Tell me a little bit about how you got into the sport and how you kind of worked your way to where you are now. Yeah, well, I guess it's just sort of uh, been my life, really. I grew up on a farm when I was younger, so I think I might have been about 20 months old, so I could hardly walk, and I got my first motorbike. And, um, <laughs> I uh, like yeah, that. riding that around, I used to ride it down to the local high school and cut laps on the track and field oval. Um so that's where my oval career began. But um, there you go. Uh, yeah, and then I, I must have been about four years old and started racing dirt bikes. I did that until I was about nine, and uh, mum certainly didn't like that. There was plenty of ambulance trips. So um, that came to a halt, and we decided to go racing go-karts as much safer option. And I did that until I was about 14. We had quite a – Bit of success in that uh, racing across the country. Never, never did any international racing, uh, but just yeah, race in Australia. And throughout that period, those times where I yeah, I, d- I didn't race for for a long time. Actually, just busy with school and and other commitments. And yeah, when I was fourteen, um, last bit of my go karting career, I had a little bit of 
support from uh, McDonald's and Toowoomba actually uh, and that was a yeah turned out to be a really good connection for my future years to come but uh, yeah go-karting just sort of, sort of wasn't my thing anymore and I was actually at the motocross shop about to get another dirt bike and go racing again and we got a phone call from uh, Mark Ward who was uh, a licensee for McDonald's in Toowoomba and, and uh, offered for me to come and test in uh, a Formula Ford which is uh, run by a team which I was supporting at the time and uh, did that when I was 14 for a couple of months at the end of a season and wow. did really well. We won some races and he said, uh, would you like to come test the Formula 3 car? And I was still 14 at the time. And I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> let to. Me, and, yeah, let me add it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a test and they were really, really impressed with how we went. And they ran the following season uh, with Gilmore Racing and Formula 3 in the Australian National Championship. And, and we won that. So it was really, really cool. And I guess from there over the next few years, um yeah we all continued to work together and uh racing formula four as well and last year we were i had tremendous support from uh mark and heidi ward from mcdonald's and toowoomba and and we raced the the three categories overall the series in australia and i got got a lot of experience a lot of driving and and that was really good but it would have been a few months before the end of the season the championships still weren't complete and uh yeah I was really starting to look towards my future and I mean there's there's avenues in Australia I could have gone down like um the the V8 supercar pathway for example but all Mm -hmm. of my uh career and cars I guess has been an open wheel racing and and for me looking ahead the road to Indy series seemed to be the best option uh that that we could pinpoint so I uh, yeah, I was contacted by Bob Power, so Will's father, and and uh, he asked what my plans were for for the next year, and and we began to discuss things, and and he put me in touch with uh, a few of Will's contacts in America, and um, I came over towards the end of last year, and we decided to stop racing the championships in in Australia, so I could uh, do some testing, and and I mean the testing for me over in America over the Christmas break was more about just coming to meet people. I mean, obviously on uh, Facebook and the social media, you see like different results and see how things work, but it's not until you actually over here and, and see how the cars and categories are run that you can get an understand uh, understanding of things and, and getting to yeah, meet indeed. a lot of people as well. So yeah, for me, it was just important to get into the U S and, and, uh, and, and start meeting people. And that's what, those opportunities were about and and fortunately enough it'll work so now this year I've been very fortunate to run with Newman Works Racing and uh, to get a race win now after the journey we've all been through is um, yeah it's, it's certainly what we all needed so now I really hope we can back that up at Road America next weekend well in, in, in the coming yeah. weekend sorry no doubt now so you Obviously, that you have that connection with with Will Power, his dad Bob, and 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 through being from Toowoomba, uh, I know that he was there in, in the Newman Walks Racing Paddock at, at St. Petersburg to offer you some advice. But you guys also, I know, right before the the weekend, you actually flew from Chicago with the team yeah, where the team is based out of Newman Walks. You flew to Washington D.C. to go to a um, an event at the Australian Consulate with Will. They were celebrating Will's 
uh, win last year in the Indy 500, a big deal there. You get to come along for that. It's a pretty cool experience for an 18-year-old as well, is it not? Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And to meet uh, a lot of fellow Aussies at the embassy as well, that was really good timing because it was, uh, yeah, probably a month before I heard another Australian accent. So uh, <laughs> that was refreshing and, and it was really good. I, I met a lot of people. Obviously, Will was there. Uh, Roger Penske was there, the captain. So it was uh, great to meet him and his and his partner and uh, also Joe Hockey. The ambassador himself, I got to um, speak with him and his family too. So, I mean, there was just a lot of people there that were very, uh, what, can I, what can I say, very high and highly rated in, in their professions. I mean, in the motorsporting industry and also in the in the political scene as well. So it was... Um, I'm, I'm told you, you met Lee Diffie as well. That's a, that's a good connection. Yeah, yeah, Lee was there. So, I, I mean, there was a, a, a list of... Uh, people there that was um, really an honor to meet and to have everyone there and in the one spot was something pretty cool so that's uh something I won't forget for a very long time and uh hopefully someday I could be back there with my car sitting on the grass I like that idea now here's the thing you fast forward three days from that uh that trip to DC uh Carb Night Classic at Lucas Oil Raceway you end up winning I'm down there with you. I got the microphone where you and I are doing our, our victory interview. You know, the crowd going crazy. They were giving you a big, uh, big applause. And as it happens, uh, Charles Cruz is there with, with Will Power on FaceTime. We're, we're trying to do a victory interview and Will Power's FaceTime. You know, congratulations. I thought that's probably for me, for you as well, I'm sure. But I've never seen that before in my 25 years of doing this. But to have him FaceTime you, congratulations, in victory lane must have been a special thing. Yeah, I mean that was that was absolutely awesome to get the support from an IndyCar driver like that. It's uh, nearly unheard of. So I've been very fortunate to have that support from Will and and, and Will's family. So uh, yeah, it was really good to reward them and, and show them that, that we can do it. So uh, that was great for everyone. It was a really good confidence booster, and it um, gives something back to Will as well, knowing that his time helping me. Uh, has gone towards something good so uh yeah that was really good and and for me to see him there on FaceTime it was yeah very heartwarming you know it seems to me in watching you from the very beginning of the season Cameron how you've kind of um <clears throat> stepped up your game you know you've been getting more and more comfortable of course you and your teammate uh, Nolan Siegel get along very very well Nolan just 14 years of age similar to you when you started in a car at 14 he's just beginning his journey You've kind of been getting better and better. You were, you know, there, there was that you had some speed at St. Petersburg. There were some issues, of course. Tough place to to make your debut. I've always said that. You go to the uh, road course in Indianapolis, and you were very fast there. You were right in the old top five. You were getting racy again. A couple of issues. I think somebody got into the back. Of you, I can't remember who it was. I'm sure you do, but um, you get this win. You know, to to kick the cap off the month of May. The team obviously has been you know rallied around you and Nolan. Do you feel like you have momentum going now? Is there more confidence, more uh, maybe more a calm moving to Road America? Yeah, I think we are all very confident. Uh, we, yeah, I mean, like I said, we got a lot of opportunities to test on the oval, and I, and I knew that's as a team what we needed to develop the car, and we proved proved that straight away. The first opportunity we had, we made the most of it, and so now I'm I'm looking forward to Road America. Hopefully, we can. Uh, produce some results there. I mean, the championship is super close. I think I'm sitting sixth right now, and maybe two points from third, and and yeah. second isn't that much further away. And 
And uh, to be honest, first isn't out of reach either. So, I mean, it's it's still anyone's championship. We've got a long way to go. Um, so, yeah, by, by all means, I think that win at the Freedom 75 is the confidence we needed and uh, it will certainly propel us forward for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be building off that win. Yeah, you know, the victory also putting you kind of in the limelight as well, in the spotlight, and it's something I, I think you probably need as well. I know you're not, you know, you're really tight on your budget for this year, for 2019. You've got some great sponsors with you, but always, if you could find some more support, right, some more help would be great. Let me give you an opportunity right now. Fill me on the sponsors you do have that are making this possible for you. Well, I've been uh, incredibly lucky to get a lot of support from many people over the years, so... Uh, I guess there's a lot of people to thank that have gotten me to this point. But, uh, yeah, right now, uh, Dependable Sheds uh, from back home in Toowoomba, they've been a, a tremendous support of mine for a number of years now. And uh, also Newman Wax Racing, they've um, been trying to do everything they can to help me out as well. And not to mention that Charles Charles Cruz and uh, HRX Suits, they've... Um, yeah, been been very helpful to me this year, and yeah, I mean it's certainly the best suit I've ever worn. They're super light, super comfortable, and it's yeah like a a printed material, so it's um very comfortable. Sometimes with the embroidered stuff, it can get a little itchy or might be a little heavier, but uh, yeah, certainly not these suits. And and also back home in Toowoomba, I'm been very fortunate to have uh, support from Vision Sports Science over the last few years. Every time I come back, they're always with me and training me to make sure I'm the fittest I can be. So when I hit the racetrack, it's one less thing I've got to worry about. And um, Indeed. and also Karen Smythe from Speak Up for Sport. She's helped me over the years as well with my public speaking. And I can remember when I first started, I was really shy and didn't want to talk to anyone. I'd often just keep my helmet on. But um, yeah, now I learned there's a lot more to sport and racing than just being the fastest driver. So her insight has really helped me as well. Well, Cameron, I appreciate it. Uh, the work that you've done with her obviously uh, is showing because this was a fantastic interview. I do appreciate you taking the time. I know it's about, uh, what's about 11 o'clock in the, in the morning, Tuesday morning in Toowoomba. It's about almost nine, nine o'clock this evening on Monday evening here uh, near Toronto, Ontario. So I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and uh, I look forward to seeing you when we get back uh, to Road America at the end of the month. Yeah, that'll be great. And uh, hopefully we'll see you in victory lane again. Let's, let's, let's make it a date. We'll do it again. How's that sound? <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Folks, Cameron Shields, the driver of the number 73 machine in USF 2000 for Newman Walks, racing the winner of the most recent event in this series, uh, scoring the victory in the Freedom 75 at Lucas Oil Raceway. A great breakout win for Cameron Shields. Uh, and, of course, the first win in the Road to Indy action as well for Newman Walks Racing, that storied team that won so many championships and races back in the Atlantic Championship days. Great to have Cameron with us. It was great to talk to Daniel Frost and Oliver Askew as well. Uh, three very deserving winners from the month of May as part of this Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. I do want to thank all my guests for joining me here today, Cameron, Oliver, and Daniel. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Road to Indy Insider. Thank you so much, folks. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>